Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to episode 147 of Courtside Indiana podcast. Jim Reamer joined yet again by Kyler Staley. Kyler, how was your week? It was good. Uh, you know, didn't do a whole lot. I uh, hung out with one of my uh, good buddies, Bronson Kessinger from uh, uh, There we go. Gordon. Yeah, I hung out Blast with Blast in the uh, Past, the Flying Tomato. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, you know him pretty well. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I hung out with him over the weekend. Hadn't seen him in a couple months. So, uh, it was good to catch up. But other than that, watch some football, um, watch some crappy in-state football, both college yeah. and NFL. But, yeah, uh, and the Colts, yeah. 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 We, so, could, do, uh, we but, could do a Colts podcast. <laughs> we might not, yeah. As, before I hit record, I'm, see, I'm not entirely sure our, our premise for this podcast is going to go the way we think it will, but we'll see. I mean, it's probably just going to end up being a bunch of big school guys, right? Right. Yeah, which, that's what we discussed. Which they may or may not need. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. But yeah, the Colts pretty dismal. I mean, you know, you see some signs of life every now and then, even you know during a game. But Matt Ryan's got to quit putting the ball on the ground. Yeah, I mean, it, it's they they shoot themselves in the foot. It seems like every time. I mean, that drive that they had, the you know where they could have tied the game and. Um, mm-hmm. You know, fumbling the ball, and it's just—I mean, going for a field goal with like two minutes left in the game when you're down seven just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So, I don't know. I think they'll figure it out, but right now it's—it's. It's I guess what the plan lot. there would be to go would be to go for it, right? Two downs, even though it's fourth and fifteen, still go for Absolutely. it on fourth down instead of maybe punting away and changing the field. One other, one other would be punting and and changing. You know, you know, flipping the field. If you right. Could pin a, pin them inside the five and get a three and out, but still then you're just, you're probably getting the ball back right where you kicked it from. But right. I, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, no answers there. We're not going to be able to talk about, talk about <laughs> it long enough to to put any answers out there. So we can't fix it. <laughs> no, we're going to talk later today about juniors who will be way more impactful this year at the varsity level than they have been in the past. Sounded like a good idea last year when we talked last week when we talked about sophomores, but then as I was kind of prepping for it, it seems like it's going to be big school kids who we know are going to start stepping into bigger shoes. And I'm not sure we're going to know a whole lot of these smaller school kids who haven't stood out. You know, a lot of these big school kids are playing in competitive AAU situations. Some of them, you know, even already have offers, I, I think. Um, you know, that's I don't know. Hang on, I gotta turn my phone off. Um the um I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens when we get to it. Right now we're gonna get, get updated in recruiting. There's not a whole lot going on there this week. I mean it's some big stuff, but but not a whole lot in terms of quant quantity. Kamari Slaughter and Luke Almadover, both senior guards. Kamari is at Cathedral, still waiting to hear waiting on his eligibility. Almadover is at Noblesville. They both received offers from Indiana Tech. 
Flory Bedunga continues his high major parade of offers. He picked up one this past week from Louisville, the 6'10 junior from Kokomo. And then Draven Gibbs, who doesn't go to high school in Indiana anymore, but he's from Indiana, committed to Illinois. He had originally committed to Purdue, opened it back up, then decided, I guess, here the other day to commit to Illinois. Uh, anything there? I mean, this, the slaughter thing stands out to me. I, I still think that he's a low D1 guy. I know there's some question on his shooting, uh, you know, especially anything off the move that, that isn't right in the paint. But, God, he's got really good – he's really good vision. Handles the ball well for a guy his size. I'm just surprised there hasn't been more activity, even at the Division II level. Do you think – could that be an academic reason? I, I, no. Granted, I don't know his academics, but I, – No, I don't think it is. I, I think that's a discussion I've already had with with um, his summer coach. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I I get – we've and Zach and I in the past have talked on it. Nick and I have touched on it in the past that – Anytime you see a kid go this under-recruited, you do tend to think, okay, what's under the hood a little bit? Fair or, or unfair? But I think I've got... I think I've got some confirmation that he's... Hold on a second here. Let me see. This is great podcasting, by the way. <laughs> we go no, with the flow I, here. I don't, yeah, I don't have that text. No, I, I thought I had a text discussing that but if it is it was the last text i have was november 20th of last year so so no i don't have that confirmation but i mean i guess it's easy to speculate that that's the issue um but i don't know that it's fair to speculate absolutely and, not and just, no. just assume it's the case i mean he's a good kid so it definitely isn't anything you know definitely isn't anything you know, off court related as far as um as far as behavior or attitude or anything. I mean, he's a leader on the floor. I've liked that about him. I mean, he's he's kind of dug into some of his teammates about his summer teammates into effort. You know, it's it's been watching him do that's kind of impressive because he's been doing it for such a young age. I mean, he's been this size for a while. I mean, sure he's probably gotten stronger the last couple of years, but he's always been big for his his grade and, and for his position. And I, I don't know, maybe a little bit like Preston Roberts, maybe where people are wondering, because Preston's good academically, where you, you kind of wonder what position he is and trying to get some buy-in there. But kid can play, man. He can guard. He's a he's a lockdown caliber defender. Uh, he can probably guard up if he had to. Like he probably, in, he's so strong that it switches. He could probably hold his own on a lot of fours in short run, you know, in short terms or in short amounts of time but i i don't know it's it's strange i, I just think he's a low d1 guy at the, at the least um and i can see if your shooting is questionable if you're if you're wondering what position he is then great but at that low d1 like the ohio valley or the horizon league or you know i could see easily inserting him as a third guard and letting him be a secondary playmaker and you know you just got to make sure your other two perimeter players can shoot but I mean, his shots improved, but right now, anything he gets is is completely off the catch, with him being stationary as far as as far as accuracy. 
Yeah, and you also got to think, you know, if his eligibility doesn't go through, like, is that going to hurt his recruiting even worse, which you would hate to see with well, that because he's such a good player. It wouldn't impact it up to now. True. You know, I mean, certainly it's going to limit – it's going to limit who can see him pulling out a back scratcher. My back is <laughs> – the things that go on in the video side of this are we, – we could start publishing this video and – probably have high comedy with some of this crap that <laughs> at least at least I do when I'm sitting here at my desk. But I mean that wouldn't impact his recruiting up to this point because up to this point he hasn't missed a school game, right? Right. So I mean sure there's going to be some schools that will want to take a, a broader look and, and maybe won't be able to if he doesn't get eligible. But they can also still go to practice and there's enough talent at Cathedral. You know, Cathedral's probably one of the dozen schools where there's enough talent that in practice you're going to be able to see him go up against somebody that you know that's going to be competing at a higher level i don't know uh anything else you want to talk about in this uh, i mean i guess the side uh side uh gibbs him going to illinois um very interesting to me you know yeah. he, they committed from purdue and going he committed to a another big 10 conference school so you know, that'll close, be uh close to home. Close to home, yeah. So that'll be a uh that'll be a fun matchup when uh he's up at Illinois and he's playing and they play at Purdue. That'll be a very uh we'll see we'll see how the fans react to that. Yeah, I don't think the fans are gonna care too much. I don't I don't know, there might be some Lafayette people. Yeah. But I don't know how many of that older crowd will even know who he is. <laughs> and the college <laughs> and I don't know if the college students are going to know who he is. I, I guess I'm kind of lukewarm as to where he fits in at that level. I don't, but that's that's just my whole view of this 2023 class, really, to be honest. So we'll see. Yeah. And it yeah. might even be nationwide. I don't know how great of a class it is nationwide. I yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that. As much as I think I know about Indiana kids, I can tell you I know the opposite end of kids outside the state unless we play them. Right. I mean, it's – I think it's nationally. I think it's pretty solid. I mean, obviously, a lot of them I've got Xavier Booker as the top one or two, top three maybe, you know, as far as the rankings, you know. I know you, uh, you don't like that. But, um, I mean, that's just – yeah, I don't – I, I will say, just compare like Booker to Bedunga, it's apples and oranges physically. Right. And I mean, I, I guess if Booker can really turn himself into a top notch shooter, which I mean, he it, it he projects close to that. Mm -hmm. His his floor is pretty close to that from a shooting perspective. Which which means his ceiling is you know higher than that. You know, which means his ceiling is. But did I miss something? Did college, did the Division One, did college men adopt the NBA line? I don't think so. Because Butler, I've been going to Butler practices, and I kind of just paid attention today. Their three-point line is the NBA line. Oh, yeah, they definitely practice on it. I mean, you go, you look at you – No, go but that's their, that, that's their game court. It's Butler. Oh, really? Butler practices at Hinkle. They don't practice all that much in the West Gym. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's just a practice per se thing or if it was painted on there. I, I don't know. You would know. But it no, me. it's definitely not practice. It's the only line on there right now. 
Oh, wow. So maybe they did. I don't know. I've never really actually even did any research on that. It, I mean, it looks like it's still. I'll be at Hoosier Asteria this uh, this Friday, so I'll be checking out Assembly Hall on the court and see what that looks like. I mean, there's definitely a breakage of the of the trajectory of the line when you get to the corners, just like it is in the NBA. And maybe, maybe I just haven't paid attention. Maybe it's it's not. The NBA has a twenty. No, that's the NBA. Um, twenty feet nine inches inch uniform. I, I don't know. The Butler line doesn't look like it. I don't think they're going to replace the court for games. Wouldn't think so either. Hmm. Oh well. Player planning on moving the three point line to the international distance of twenty two feet one and three quarters inches. This is in 2019. So it's probably. So it looks like 22 feet, one and three quarter inches. So it's close to the NBA line, but not as far. Huh. All right. Well, anyway. Um, what was that? Oh, that was a sidetrack on Booker shooting three. So. <laughs> Something like that could make a difference from the top of the break three, which is I imagine where he would get a lot of those a lot of those looks. But yeah, oh yeah, he'll definitely be out there. I feel like he'll be more on the wing at Michigan State than he would be in the post. Uh, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do there. What's he going to do there? What's he going to do in <laughs> the a wing? It's a good question. <laughs> is he going to? Is he going to drive? Is he going to come off screen? He's. I mean, he's got. Eh. I don't see him being a primary catch guy. And I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting how Izzo uh, uses him. I mean, he to me maxes out as a skilled four. It doesn't mean he won't still be on the perimeter, but you say wing. I, I mean, he's not going to be in there with two other bigs. Probably not. No. All right, we're off the we're off track here. Let's get back on this thing. So, um, all right, juniors, the junior class. We've commented that it's not that deep of a class. It's definitely got some bigger names. Uh, I think 2023 is a much deeper class. Uh, but there's going to be some guys that, and maybe we can include some new names too, like somebody that transferred in from out of state. That'll be my go-to on one of them, unless you take him first. Uh, these are going to be guys that are going to be impactful this year at the varsity level who have yet to be impactful or maybe we'll see a big jump in their production. In fact, two of my guys are going to be transfers. One from out of state, one from in-state. But you go first. Okay. It sounds like you're way more prepared than I am. <laughs> I mean, I, would, I don't know. I La- want some names written down. I think last week I would have been way – I think last week I was maybe way more prepared. This Not way more, but not that you weren't prepared because you were. But I'm saying, like, I had a ton of names. Yeah, you did. I mean, I've got about eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there. Just name them like, down, but I got like three. All right, go shoot it. Okay, so yeah, my first in, guy. In, in fairness, smaller school kids have already probably been impacting their varsity since their freshman year, right? Right. I mean, so it sounded like I said last week. It sounded good on the surface. Let's do it again. Let's do this for the junior class. But then we get here, and it's 
Like, well, I mean, I'm looking at some of these names. It's like, God, they're all big school kids. Go ahead. You throw out a couple names and we'll go from there. So my first name I'm going to start off with, big school kid. I'm going to go with Aaron Fine uh, from Noblesville. Yeah. I think, you know, this this year, I think he's going to see a, just a big jump in production. I think they're going to rely on him to score a lot more um, than what he did. I believe last year he was coming off the bench. Um, this year I see him as a starter alongside no, with that. He was their starting point guard last year. Was he? Yeah. Man, I don't he, know. Maybe. I think I thought I went to an earlier game where he came off the bench. There might have been a I game he was hurt. But, he yeah, he was their starting point guard from the get. I, but I, you're not you're, – you're good on that because I, I'll tell you that Last year, he really struggled to finish getting to the basket. And a lot of it was, I mean, he would get to a spot, no problem, but then he would just sort of throw it up there. And where he's improved, and it was really noticeable in June, and we've touched on this, uh, it was really noticeable in June just how much stronger he is at closing out his drives and and finishing his drives. So that's going to be... You know, if, if that can lead to more production or maybe maybe decisions where he's not just throwing it up on the glass, because there would be times where he would drive and he was going to the basket come hell or high water. And against length, against length, you know, against Carmel, against, you know, against teams with a lot of length, there were some struggles there. And, you know, it's a lot of times that read is as that size, you know, rotates over. You got to find that next read. And he wasn't doing it. But then in June, I noticed a big improvement in his finishing and a big improvement on, on just his decision-making. And both those things combined will will lead to what you're exactly talking about in terms of his, his production and impact. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, the kid's just tough as nails, too. Um, yeah, no question. Yeah, he, no question about that. Um, I mean, just, just from what I saw, you know, I think he fits this kind of role as kind of like a breakout. Uh, player in this 24 class just I mean just with a lot of these kids have an opportunity in the 24 class like you know um they can come in you know it, we talk about how down it is and everything but this is the year for these kids to come in and uh you know you know just have some breakout seasons and you know really show what they can do you know improve that kind of prove us wrong a little bit um that maybe it is maybe it is deeper than what we thought uh, before we move I was going to have you do too but you went right to Noblesville we need to correct a wrong here. We Hunter Walston is, is going to be one that would make this list. He would be a kid that I think you'll we'll see a lot more impact from him at the varsity level. He was a kid, 6'6", six, six, uh, junior for Noblesville. He he'll started the vast majority of the games last year. Will will surely be part of the starting rotation this year. Pretty versatile. He's I mean he's got good size. He can guard different positions. Uh, improving offensive skill. And and a good ball handler for his size, and I think what's happened when we did the positional breakdown of the junior class, I moved him from power forward to small forward in between our podcast of the small forwards and the bigs. So we didn't talk about him during the small school stuff, and then during the the, the big stuff or the small forward pod, but then during the bigs pod, it was like, oh my god, a last minute. I looked down at my list of people I changed. And at the last minute, I, I saw his name. I thought, wow, crap. I kind of mentioned it at the end. So he's definitely will be a kid who who should have a, a much bigger impact as a junior than what he has up to now. But go ahead with your I, – I wanted to throw him in there because you mentioned fine their teammates, but I was going to have you go through two names. So go ahead with your other one. 
Yeah, my next guy, he just slides right into the starting lineup. I'm going to go with Tucker Day at Homestead. Mm -hmm. um, you know, last year, uh, or they're coming into this year without, um, I believe it's Andrew Leeper that graduated. Grant's yes. still there. So yes. Andrew's out. You know, they was their kind of primary post center um, type of, you know, power forward. But, you know, Tucker Day is skilled enough now where, you know, he's kind of had to take a little backseat the past couple of years, but he's going to come in and he's going to start. Um, I don't know if that's going to switch up their offense a little bit more now that, you know, Fletcher Warrior's not there, if they're going to look to, you know, Tucker Day to score a lot, which he can. I mean, he's a very smooth big man, um, a very capable jumper, and we talked about him quite a bit. But I, I just see him, you know, he, he has an easy, you know, in as far as, you know, more production this year. Right. Well, yeah, he'll he'll definitely – I'd be shocked if he doesn't start. Right. I'm going, I mean, I'm going back to back point guards. Uh, one of them is the transfers I was referring to. Kobe Bowles at Lawrence North. To me, this is a no brainer. He's he's a kid that, you know, last year CJ Gunn missed the first couple of games due to injury, the first three or four games due to injury, and Kobe was was big was big for them to start the year. You know, and and again, record during the season doesn't matter when it comes to March because there's no you know there's no seating, there's no worrying about getting in. Uh, but it was important for them to get off to a good start last year. And, and and in doing so, he was going to have to be one of the guys that stepped up, and he did. And now that C.J. Gunn is gone, there is a huge void in in shots. There's a huge void in usage. And he's going to have to fill – he's going to have to fill that void um, or at least be one of the guys that fills that void. So I, I think he's up to the task. Again, a, another kid um, that has to – improve his shot say from behind the three-point arc he's extremely good in the paint i mean extremely probably one of the best in the state and he'll be a kid that it will eventually garner more division one offers i think he's got a couple of offers i think he's got one offer right now let's let's get that real quick he's got bethune cookman offer I think yeah. there's going to be more to come on that note because he's just such a crafty player who really, from a shot creation standpoint, he's got a chance to be maybe not at Lawrence North, but the college level being surrounded by other shooters, he would have a chance to be a very high assist guy because he's extremely strong with the basketball and getting in the paint. Other kid, Jaden Reyna from Bishop Knoll, transfer in from Illinois. He's actually an Indiana kid that, Went to uh, school in Chicago, the Chicago area, and on the Illinois side, uh, up to now. I don't know that he ever moved Illinois, which which is irrelevant. But uh, he's back in the state now. He's going to be a Bishop Knoll, crafty kid, really good shooter, um, good defender. Probably could get better, and I think he'll be a kid that as he gets stronger, that will improve. Uh, a lot like Kobe Bowles, in that he's the the ball is sort of like a yo yo in his hands. And he's um, he's just a nice little ball player, and he's a kid a lot. Actually, he and Kobe both were kids that reclassed. They both started out in the class of 2023, and both of them now are you know repeated the grade in middle school to uh, to be 2024. And I think you're going to see the 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 fruits of that decision. I don't know that I recommend it for everybody. Uh, sometimes it depends on your birthday. Sometimes it depends on how physically mature you are. Kobe was a late bloomer. Uh, Reyna is, was a little on the small side as he was growing up, but, but always quick and, and just a good little ball handler. And so now, you know, we'll get a chance to see more of him now that he's in the state of Indiana. 
Yeah, and I think he pairs well with Xavier Robinson this year as well. Or yeah. not. Uh, Kobe. No, yeah. Kobe. Yeah. Yeah, going back to Kobe. Yeah, I mean, he's – they'll – yeah, that'd be a good – interesting backcourt there. It's It'll be um, – you know, they added David Merriweather, who I, as I believe, has not received his eligibility yet either, uh, which I, I'm of the idea that the point guards are just monumentally better when they've got a good good big man to go with them, either a ball screen partner or somebody they can definitely drop it off to, off penetration. Um, you know, so that's going to be a nice backcourt. And if and Xavier Robinson can can, you know, really provide outside cover, you know, and shoot from range. Uh, you know, that'll make Kobe's life a little bit easier. And, uh, you know, that'll be in, in a bigger role. That'll be, he'll be absorbed. He'll be absorbing a lot of CJ guns usage. So will Robinson. And that, that is a nice tandem. Who's your next guy or two? I'm going to go with uh, Cameron Caskey from a, uh, just kind of a scoring point of view with it, you Pike. know, Pike, yeah, from yeah. Pike. Yep. So no more, you know, Ryan Conwell obviously graduated and he moved on. Um, so I, I think you see Cameron Caskey as actually, in my opinion, I think could be Pike's leading scorer this year. Um, maybe Devin Woods, but I feel like he's going to be more of a facilitator um, type of way, unless I'm forgetting someone from Pike. But I mean, if you want to talk about high upside, you know, Caskey, I feel like fits that bill, like, you know, physical tools like are kind of unmatched a little bit. You know, he attacks closeouts really well. Um, had a really good summer, but I, I see a big jump in production with him. I mean, I think he's a stock riser in this 24 class, and I, I think he has kind of a breakout year this year. Yeah, nobody's going to be more athletic than him, right? Nobody. <laughs> I mean, nobody. Seriously, nobody. <laughs> Anybody, who who else you got? I'm going to go with uh, another kind of – I see a jump in production as far as scoring. I'm going to go with uh, Bray, Braden Walters uh, from Linton. Um, I yeah. know we've kind of talked about in the past that uh, I think Coach Hart wants him to score the ball a little bit more, and I think he's finally going to understand that a little bit. Begs you know, him. For, begs him to score more. Begs him. That's what we heard. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, like we talked about him, you know, he's very versatile. I mean, he's a power forward technically, but he runs their offense. You know, so, um, I mean, I, I just think, you know, as far as his versatility, I think this is the year it kind of clicks with him. Um, if he can become, you know, you know, a top-notch scorer alongside with Joey Hart, I mean, that's a very, you know, lethal combination um, in Southern Indiana. But I expect a bigger jump from him as far as production and scoring this year. Yeah, I mean, he'll I – mean, they, they basically have the core of their team all the way back. And I, I think the difference getting them over the hump is going to be him, you know, and, and not even looking to score more, but but definitely taking advantage of the situations of the opportunities that, that – inevitably come his way he's a matchup problem all three of those guys logan webb obviously or joey hart obviously and logan webb all three of those guys are matchup problems they'd be a matchup problem at the 4a level now the rest of that roster may struggle but those guys would be a matchup problem at the 4a level because of especially logan's versatility because he can post up uh his shots improved to the point now where he is definitely a threat uh you know those guys are are um you know, I don't know that there'll be any two A teams that have three better players. I mean, you might be able to say, you know, Benner, Jack Benner, with two other guys that are fairly, you know, that are definitely going to be good, um, being right up there. But I don't, I don't know that. I gotta go with Lenton on that one. 
I, just yeah, from I would experience, too. you know. And Brownstown may have more pieces beyond that, especially with the the transfers of the two Scottsburg kids who, again, as of last week, not eligible yet. Although I have not checked on that in a couple weeks. I need to make sure I do that. Um, My can't really say KJ Wyndham, although I think he'll have a, I think he'll have a, a big, uh, a big jump in production. I think you'll see him be a little bit more of a go-to guy this year. Uh, Tyler Parrish at Chesterton. Okay. I mean, again, he was, I, does that count? I mean, he was impactful last year. I don't, he'll certainly yeah, be no, more impactful. He's on my list. I was going to actually talk about him and Justin Sims as kind of like a duo type of thing. Um, yeah. And, I'm, you know, together. Both. I mean, he'll, you know, they, the, both those guys will absorb, you know, Grayson's u- usage. And I, I think Tyler, obviously, the, from the perimeter, will get the bulk, you know, will get the bulk of the perimeter opportunities and um, really good outside shooter. I know in the state championship game, he did not shoot well. It was a big reason why they struggled, uh, you know, and, and I, I think if he it's kind of hard, you know, it's one of those things where, look, if he would have if he would have been shooting well from the start. That thing may not have snowballed as early as it did. And that might change the dynamics of the game. Sometimes you can get down and get desperate. And they had nobody hitting from the outside. And Grayson, every time, every time Grayson would get to the paint, you know, even with Booker out, they'd still six seven. You know, Mal- you know Malachi is six seven. So it's not like they get small. They're smaller, but they're not small when Booker's out of the game. And they just couldn't get anything going. And I, I I don't know if Parrish hits shots, that that loosens things up a little bit. And it's not blaming him by any stretch of the imagination. He, it's not like he was missing on purpose. But if that doesn't start out the way it did, does it, you know, does it get to the point where it's such a blowout? Do they do they muster some sort of comeback if it's say maybe a a you know a fourteen point game, you know, at the end of the first quarter instead of what it was, but um, I mean, gosh, man, we can can we name half of Brownsburg's roster? Um, <laughs> yeah, you can. I mean, obviously, catchings is going to be, you know, catchings is going to be a key is going to be you know one of their two go to guys with Diallo, but but they've got the the Porath brothers, the, the especially the non kicker. I I can't tell them apart, so I'm not even going to pretend. Uh, you you know, you're going to have you're going to have Cam Reich, who's going to be a bigger role. And, and there may be too many of them. There may be too many of them um, that any of them will just absolutely make a statistical impact on the regular. You'll see a couple of them have games. I'm sure you know one of them will have a game, and the next game will be somebody else. So maybe a great example where there might be four or five guys there that can do it, but then maybe not a single player. Um, I'll go with this. Reese Butcher. From Burbuff. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to figure out who's gonna score without Billy Smith there. And, you know, there's a, a Burbuff has a good class of 2024. I do believe that's gonna be the core of of what they rely on this year from a varsity level. And I think Reese is kind of the best of that bunch. Uh not to say that like I said, they have it's a good class overall, so they're gonna have more options, but I think that's gonna be the one where you'll see uh, you'll you'll see some more names uh, or you'll see some uh, bigger production, but 
I like I like Reese, you know, as a kid that's going to step up and and have a pretty big role this year. All right, your turn. You you do a couple. I I think I technically did three, didn't I? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll uh I'll go with two more here. Right. Uh, my my next one is uh Seth Laravia at Westfield. Um, I think him alongside with Alex Romack, I think they're going to provide a very uh a very solid front court. Um, you know, Romack, you know, had an excellent summer, um, ended up playing for the main Grand Park Premier team. You know, Seth Arabia was really good with D1 Indiana, um, just a highly skilled player. And he's just gotten better and better each year. Um, still needs to probably get a little bit stronger and everything. But, you know, he can be more of a stretch for this year, whereas Romack, you know, can bang down low with the bigs. Um, I think he has a big year for Westfield, um, you know, with, you know, Braden Smith no longer there and everything. They're going to be looking for scoring and stuff. And I think Seth Arabia could provide that. Um, at a decent level. And then my next guy, I was going to go with Tate Metzger um, at Fishers simply because I feel like he comes in um, the transfer from Marion. I, I feel like if he just comes in and uh, you know, he provide, he can take off some pressure that Jalen Harrelson might feel like he faces a little bit, you know, Metzger will be that guy that uh, you know, he's going to be a solid outside shooter. It could be one of the best in the central Indiana area, but I think he's just going to take a lot of pressure off of Harrelson and he's going to be a big time bucket getter for Fishers. Yeah, I agree with that. He's definitely from a shooting perspective. He's going to be a kid that that uh, you know, provides cover, and that's you know that's something they've not had. They've not had that quality shooter in their starting lineup the last couple of years. Um, there's been some times, and part of this is defense. I mean, part of this is the games I go see them play. They're playing Carmel. They're playing you know Brownsburg. They're, they're like rock fights because both teams are so good defensively. And in and in Fisher's case, they didn't have a ton of outside shooting last year, uh, but but yeah, Metzger definitely provides that that aspect. Uh, one of my guys, another transfer, Dylan Moran's uh, transferred from Carmel to Garen Catholic. I think six seven, junior forward. He's going to be, he's going to get a large opportunity at Garen that wasn't going to be there at Carmel this year, and that that may end up being one of those that ends up. Maybe not this year, but next year, when that all those seniors graduate this year, they're gonna kind of maybe wish he was still kind of around. Um, he's he is um, extremely good without the basketball. He's he's sharp. He's, he's shooting the ball better as he's gotten as he's gotten older, and he he's able to attack off with the basketball as well. I think he's got to get got to get stronger. He's he's more of a four. Definitely defensively, he's a four, and that's where he's got to really improve. Is that the more he can maybe consider himself a wing, the the maybe the more his recruiting changes, uh, which you know is in its infancy as far as recruiting goes. But he is, uh, is just a, a late bloomer physically, and I you know he's he's going to be kind of come out of nowhere this year for them. People are going to you know didn't know much about him. All of a sudden, he's going to probably be double figures, and maybe if he can rebound at seven, eight a game, maybe even six, seven a game, he would be extremely impactful. And and that'll be, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of guy we're talking about here. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, anybody else here? I got one more. You want me to throw ahead and add it in? Yeah, go ahead. I, I again, I struggled with finding anybody that 
wasn't just a, a transfer or or a big school kid stepping into a bigger role. All right. Well, uh, I'll, 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 my very last one I've got is um, I think he's a little under the radar, um, kind of an unknown name, but I'm going to go with Alan Briggs from Michigan City. Okay. Um, point guard, shooting guard, um, played with uh, Team Glenn Robinson 2024 this past summer. Um, you know, when I look at some guards and everything that just kind of broke out to me, I feel like he's one of them. He's real lanky. You know, kind of a combo forward or a combo guard right now, plays on the ball, can play off the ball. Um, he's a sneaky bucket getter and an excellent rebounder. But I, I feel like he's a guy, you know, even though he's up in the northern Indiana area, um, not talked about a ton, but I feel like he's going to be a guy that kind of just breaks out in this 24 class. He's going to continue to slip up in rankings, uh, as far as insight rankings goes. And, I mean, as long as he can continue to get stronger maybe, um, it just overall just kind of keep fine-tuning his game a little bit. I think he's going to be one of the top. Top guards, I think, maybe top half guards in the state. But uh, he's a guy that I've been very impressed with, and I think he's going to continue to just get better. Probably Ron Rutland should be in this list. I mean, he's definitely going to get more scoring opportunities this year and and be relied upon a little bit more heavily. Uh, But, you know, it's – I mean, he basically. I mean, he was he started last year for them. was was probably their best outside shooter, certainly one of them. And they're going to be pretty young this year. He's going to be their 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 leader. You know, it's uh, uh, so I look definitely look for him to to take a big step offensively, at least production wise. And I don't. I'm trying to find names. I mean. I mean, we could go. Yeah, we could go down. A large list of names of guys that, but they're they're guys that have been producing at the varsity level either sophomore year or their junior year. You know, maybe Quentin Hess at Providence, who is probably the best shooter. I think he hit six or seven threes in, in a tournament state tournament game this past year, and is a kid that will was coming off the bench for them, and he'll be now a guy that starts. And even though they've got a pretty decent core returning he's he's part of that core but i you know you look for him to get more touches and to get more playing time than what he did this past year just because he's starting and i don't know that they'll be as deep they've got a good group of freshmen that's going to come up and you might see one of them get some varsity minutes uh especially if he can adapt well to the defensive end of the floor but but look for hess and I, and I also wanted to name somebody that wasn't in central indiana i realized i think most of my names were or Central Indiana. So look for Hess to to be a kid that uh, that that you see have a jump in production because him and I mean he might be their second leading scorer this year uh, behind Casey Kalen. So it, it'll be uh, just just a really good outside shooter and made a big difference in a couple of state tournament games. And obviously they're they're two A state champs, so we shouldn't necessarily dismiss them as a team that that could repeat. Anybody else? We've exhausted it. I think we had more than we thought. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have any more. Though the only other guy that I was going to mention was Tyler Parrish, but you already mentioned him. So yeah. I think I'm all. I've got all my main list, but I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more this year. You know, it, like you said, like I actually didn't realize. You know, looking at this class, like how many guys had already, you know, just been playing at the varsity level like this. Yeah, especially, I mean, well, a lot of it's small. Yeah, the small school guys. 
that's yeah. that's the thing. You, what you haven't had in this class is the you haven't had the sophomores that broke out, or that you don't you haven't had kids that at big schools that broke out of sophomores. You know that's that's the guy that's you know that's that's missing in this class, other than maybe KJ Wyndham. He's probably the only one that had a huge role at a big school that wasn't, you know, like, you know, Badunga or, you know, Benner or somebody like that. Um, and, and Benner's not at a small, at a big school. Badunga would be the closest that, you know, would, would be a guy, obviously, that was very impactful as a sophomore. And I think Wyndham was too. But I, I do think we'll see a jump in Wyndham's production because I do think there'll be more uh, concentrated effort to get him shots versus him getting it out of the flow. Um, you know, basically him just getting it out of the flow of what they were doing. I think this year you'll see them do a lot of, a lot of stuff for him, but box out sports is the leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes. This season, you can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Perfect for a school athletics directors who need to feature multiple sports. Go to boxoutsports.com. And thank you for listening to Courts Entity on a podcast. If you listen every week, we appreciate it. If not, please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to, to, them, to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate a rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter and Instagram at CourtsideIND. That's CourtsideIND on Twitter and Instagram. We may have a special subject coming up here. Uh, once we get into the season, uh, somebody who works at a college in Indiana has offered and has a son who's going through the recruiting process, has offered to talk to us about uh, enrollment management as it relates to recruiting. So that would be definitely a topic uh, that we'll – and we'll discuss now. I don't know if that'll be something where we do, where, you know, we have other people on or just me and him or, or what, but I'll bounce some stuff off you and see if you want to be part of that. Sounds good. But that's definitely an off topic and, and one that we're, you know, one that's relevant, you know, that's pertinent to other, you know, everybody else across the state. Yes. It's very important you- to know, understand that stuff, you know, especially parents. It's, it's good. It's a good learning um, thing to have. Yeah, and especially as, you know, non-D1s typically recruit one class at a time. And more and more D1s are because of the transfer portal. So it, it has put a – it has sort of slowed the role a little bit of, of recruiting. Although last week, we how many offers did we read? Like 20? Uh, but, <laughs> All from Anderson. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Owen Handy steps down. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Did you see did that? I had didn't see it. I I had that pointed out to me this morning. He's going into the private sector in in Chicago, Chicago area. Okay. So he is he is done. Co- or not maybe not done coaching, but he's leaving Anderson. Timing is a little odd. I know you can't control when you get job opportunities, especially if it's obviously a big a big earning opportunity, certainly a change of lifestyle. Uh, so if Owen listens, uh, you know, congratulations on that. I know I've sent him a text, um, but you know, he's recruited extremely well and they've been very aggressive lately, 
very aggressive, and then boom, yes. he's gone. So I, I I would gather it wasn't something that he was specifically planning because he was pretty active. So this this had he had to have gotten like a Godfather offer or something. And for those that don't know what a Godfather offer is, it's an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> now it has a a different, yeah it has a different connotation in godfather you know there's usually some sort of physical threat involved yeah uh but uh this is uh more of a financial implication i mean again i this would have to be something that's been somewhat of a recent development i'd be shocked if it was otherwise but so hate to see owen go but but at the same time you know hopefully it's makes out better for him and and uh good luck with that we can catch Kyler's work at the Hoosier.com, which covers his IU Rivals website, and then also Prep Hoops Indiana. Uh, what do you got? What kind of stuff do you have coming up this week? It's a busy week. Um, you know, Hoosier Hysteria is on Friday. So, yeah. uh, you know, I got that. I'll, I'll be there to cover that and, you know, some live updates. We'll see. Maybe we'll see a little bit of a scrimmage going on. Obviously, you won't know much about from that scrimmage, but you'll see, you know, some IU players in action for the first time since last year. Um, and out of that, we got fall league on Sunday, right? We do. So, we do. Um, yeah, be... so it, it's a busy, busy week. Good news is we're not starting early. I think we're not going to start till like 11, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe noon, <laughs> but we'll see. So that's the other thing. Well, we're pretty much done taking, by the time this thing published, we'll be done taking, uh, registrations. But, but if you are, are interested in getting information about the Metro Indy basketball fall league that starts this Sunday, Feel free to visit MetroIndieBasketball.com. If you are a, a player or a parent who wants to get your kid on the on a wait list or get your kid on in our database so he can get information for next year, go ahead and register. It's it's set up for wait list activity. So go ahead and register, but don't don't necessarily pay. Yeah, don't don't pay. I don't want to have to go through a bunch of work of refunding people, but <laughs> that way at least you're in the database next year and we'll have your email address and and uh, you'll probably get a whopping one email every month leading up to the leading up to July. And then it starts to speed up a little bit when we get to July. So Kyler, appreciate your time. Looking forward to this Sunday. Um, the rest of this week is going to be a hell week for me as far as prep work and getting a bunch of loose ends tied up. Luckily I'm very good at working during football games. So uh, that's the best time to work. I will have, uh, I'll have my, I'll be at my desk during Monday night football, cranking away, cranking away rosters and getting these pools lined up. But tonight we'll have the skeleton done. We'll, we'll know most of who's in what pool. Um, and then we'll, the, the rest of it will kind of take shape the, the rest of the week. So but I appreciate your time. Yeah. As always, enjoy being here.